0: Canucks make it back-to-back victories, their most complete impressive performance of the season so far and come away with a regulation win on home ice over the Pittsburgh Penguins and yes, the Canucks not only won this game, but they were full credit for this victory. And this is the Canucks Central post-game show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyarah Shaw with Bick Nazar. We are going to bring in our good friend Randy Janda into the discussion. Randy has called two straight victories for the Vancouver Canucks as a color analyst alongside Brendan Bachelor's call on Sportsnet 650. And we consider the fact the Canucks are playing the second night of a back-to-back. And they played a far better game than the one they had last night in Seattle. And they did it against a rested, strong opponent in the Pittsburgh Penguins. Randy, give credit where it's due. This was a genuinely strong, impressive performance by the Vancouver Canucks tonight.
1: Through their downs and when they were struggling, we were talking about they're not taking their chances. They don't look like a confident bunch. They are, you know, not taking advantage of the power play. They did all of that. Their five-on-five game today was extremely strong. There's. One moment, it looked like they might potentially waste away the game because they're taking penalties. But as the third period started, they were much more disciplined. And to your point, Sat, I like full value for their win where they look outside of maybe the first two minutes of the third period. They look confident, and they got the job done. Credit to them. I know there's going to be a lot of focus on Pittsburgh and what they're doing right now or what they're not doing. But you know, from where this team was last week or even a couple of days ago to where they're now... They just look and feel a little bit more confident. Yeah, they certainly do. And, you
0: know, in a game like this, maybe what you really needed was to get some breaks and get that one win and get that off your shoulders a little bit because we did see in the third period in Seattle some, you know, dicey moments Fire again. Fire You kind of wonder. I mean, they gave up a lead in that game, gave up another one, and they had the lead in the third. And there was a sense of trepidation, almost a nervousness in their play, like they're going to cough this up again. And maybe having the mental... Uh, Free, freeness of getting that victory out of the way they, they played free tonight and I think that was maybe the most important thing with how they play
2: but I'm still impressed guys by them putting in a solid 60 minute performance tonight. well think of the trouble spots right and we've talked so much of when adversity hits how do you respond when the other team raises their level how do you respond okay the power play goal goes in another chance late in the period how do you respond Pittsburgh ups their game to start the third period how do you respond you weather that storm and you come back from it They raise their game and that's what we've wanted to see from the Canucks match the other team's effort and surpass it as well
1: What I liked about the response was that goal that they give up on the penalty kill JT Miller's in the penalty box He's engaged in a battle with Sidney Crosby on the play. does not like that call And for the rest of that game from that point forward who is in Sidney Crosby's grill the entire game? It was JT Miller. So rather than going the other way and saying, man, we gave up a goal on the power play and here's where it falls apart, they accepted the challenge. And to be honest, yeah, Sidney Crosby had opportunities in this game. But if you look off the puck, who was in his face for the rest of the game? is JT Miller. That's what you want to see from your best players. So it feels like, that challenge that Patrick Alvin issued a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. a couple of players on this team, a couple of veteran players on, on this team are taking that head on. And by um, the way,
2: I throw that to Elias Pettersson and Evgeny Malkin as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as, as far as a matchup role, uh, he went toe-to-toe for him, and there was the moment early in the game that you know Malkin put it around Pettersson, but by and large, the Pettersson line was fantastic against the Malkin line.
0: Yeah, absolutely was. I mean, the Pettersson line, they got a goal on Pettersson's night. This was one of those efforts overall from the team they didn't give Pittsburgh too much. Maybe the maybe the thing I'm most impressed by guys is how little they surrendered in this game. And outside of that Raquel chance early in the first period and maybe a couple of opportunities, I'm hard-pressed to think of numerous chances at even strength that Pittsburgh had. And I know on natural stat trick, they only have Pittsburgh down for four high-danger scoring chance shot attempts in this game. And I think that sounds about right and I don't think we have had any game so far this season, Randy, where we can we can say the Canucks really kept the team. Not, you know, they scored a goal against them. They were not off the score sheet. But the fact they kept them to so few scoring chances
1: says quite a bit. Well, if you look five on five, Pittsburgh was a perimeter team tonight. Uh, the in-tight chances, the in-tight goals came on the power play. And, you know, there's a, the one-offs where Ryan Paling has that opportunity. Great blocker saved by Spencer Martin to start off the game. Yeah. Kind of sets the tone, gives the team confidence. They get a save. But outside of that, and you mentioned the Ra- uh, Raquel chance, there was not much given up 5-on-5, five five, and that is something that we've been talking about this team to say. It feels like there's chances in transition left, right, and center. They're just defensive breakdowns. You didn't see that over 60. The power play, you're going to see that. You're going to see teams, especially with the man advantage, get those chances in tight. Pittsburgh got a few of those, but that's where good goaltending can be. Yeah. Goaltending is going to take over and give you a chance to win. Spencer Martin brought it today. He brought a very confident game. I like to see that from him where he was engaged. He was not moving around too much. He was pretty, you know, I would say efficient in his movement in the crease. And you could even see Pittsburgh was maybe trying to get in his grill a little bit, trying to maybe knock us off, knock him off his game. He didn't take any of that. Even yeah. late by Ricard Raquel as he goes in on the forecheck and, and kind of leans into Spencer Martin, causes him to fall. I really like the team game from the Vancouver Canucks, but credit to the goaltender as well who gave them confidence early on that game and throughout. Well, you mentioned uh, the goaltender, Spencer
0: Martin, and the text inbox is open, 650, 650, Dunbar Lumber. You can also grab a phone line, 604 280 0650, or toll free, one triple eight two seven five zero six fifty. 0650. And before we go to that reaction, some of those things that are coming in, we see it from Sabres Rob, we see it from uh, other people texting in as well. Does this mean Spencer Martin should get the start again on Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils? Hey, Demko won his last game. But this was the best goalie performance of any Canucks goaltender so far this season. It's only the ninth game of the season, Randy. But Spencer Martin just turned in the best goalie performance we've seen so far from a Canucks that
1: He did, but this was also the best team game that they've played. If you give Thatcher Demko maybe a little bit of a play like that... I want to see how he does. So the Thatcher Demko aspect—he's playing. He's going to be playing a lot of games. What this does give you confidence is that you don't have to play Thatcher every single time. And the conversation heading into this game was: Would Thatcher Demko go back to back? Do you have to the ride the goaltender now that now that they you know started off in such a poor fashion? The answer to that is no. Spencer Martin, early on in this year, even that game against Columbus, where he gave up four goals. You have confidence in his play, and you don't have to worry about Thatcher Demko playing 65 to 70, uh, 70 games this year because you do have confidence in the backup. So I'm not changing anything, Vic, but Spencer Martin, you got to feel good about this. It, it was
2: He was part of one of the biggest questions for the Vancouver Canucks coming into the season. I think Andre Kuzmenko was probably the biggest one. Yep. How are you making that transition to the NHL from the KHL? How will you adapt? What are you going to be? Obviously, he gets a goal tonight, which is massive. But the other big question mark was – Spencer Martin, because you needed to be able to siphon off starts from Thatcher Demko. You couldn't get into the situation like last year where you say, well, we're making this chase and we just have to rely on our guy. You need to be able to craft out 20, 25, 27 starts for Spencer Martin. And not just starts, you got to win those games. Yep. And you got to try to draw out 25 some odd points when you get the call uh, in net. And Spencer Martin so far through two games. I know the Goudreau goal last time he was out there. You know, we can talk about that and I know Kevin Woodley did a yeah. great job on Canucks Central breaking that, that, that goal down and wasn't entirely on Spencer Martin but through two performances this is certainly someone you can back and have confidence that yeah we're going to get to that 20-25 game
1: mark. And if Thatcher Demko is not confident, you want to give him a chance to reset, that's exactly what he's doing he's getting some time with Ian Clark yeah. and, and that Spencer Martin buys that time for him to work on things in practice and get back at it
0: Yeah, no absolutely and I would still imagine we see Thatcher Demko play on Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils, but hey, Spencer Martin turned in a really good start, and I think what it does is give a lot of confidence to the coaching staff, and you shouldn't be be taxing Demko too much this year, and I think this allows them a little bit of a breathing room here to not be too worried and and think about throwing Demko out there on back-to-back nights. Now, before we let you go here, Randy, as far as a guy on the back end like Jack Rathbone is concerned, I was really impressed with what I saw from him tonight. And, you know, anytime he's on the power play, the second unit especially, you saw it with uh, Mikhaev and Garland. He was really effective, and he got things going. But even strength, even at times, we're seeing his confidence start to grow a little bit. What, what do you make of what you saw from him tonight? Yeah,
1: I like the offensive side of things. And power play, too, that was something that you want to see. And, listen, they're, they're being successful. The second power play unit, if you can get some points, if you can get some production from them, that's always a bonus. Now, beyond that... I, there's the offense, we know it's there. There's no glaring mistakes on defense, which is a check mark for Jack Rathbone. And I also loved late in that game, where Kyle Burroughs gets drilled by Josh Archibald in the numbers. Yeah, Who's the first guy in? It's Jack Rathbone. So, offensive skill is something that I like, but I would like the camaraderie that you're starting to see in a young guy being confident to say, hey, I don't care if you're leading the Pittsburgh Penguins in hits, you can't do that to my guy. So just overall, he's not going to make the league because of that. But it does tell you that, you know, his mind is in the right place, he's a team guy and On top of the offensive talent That he has And we know he has There is an element of Okay I'm not afraid To mix it up If yeah. need be If my guys need it
2: Well he's so much confidence Around the ice And you can just see it How mm-hmm. easily he moves mm-hmm. There was a moment uh, Like OEL had a chance To shoot earlier on I think in the second period Just direct a shot, doesn't get it through, they switch off, and literally Rathbone trying to join the play, puck comes to him, and it's just like, yeah, I'm on one skate, I'll drag it this way, and I'll fire a puck to the net, and you just see that ooze out all over the ice, and it builds that confidence for a moment like you're talking about. Yeah, I can go after a guy if he runs my D-partner.
1: Also showed to, uh, before I get off here, guys, Ilya Mikheyev. Oh, what Mikheyev a game. Mikheyev oh, yeah. was starting to round out in his game. Oh, yeah.
0: oh, really solid game, man. We were talking about I know uh, uh, Jamie and Bick were talking about him during the, the intermission on radio. We talked about it during the panels yep. on, on TV as well. I mean, we can't underscore how much of an impact a player like him can make when he gets going. And I got to say, I don't even think he's fully up to speed when it's speed because he's not – He's even faster than what he's shown. He had that knee injury early in the season, had to get a couple of opinions on it, obviously avoided surgery, but I do wonder if that's still keeping him back just tiny bit with his speed. Still obviously very fast. Defensively, an absolute stud with how he plays. He's got the size, he's got the speed, and when he takes the game on offensively like he did tonight and like he did the other night as well, you see the type of
1: impact he's able to make. Well, your uh, mention about speed there. The puck tracking data shows us how fast guys are going through the game. He's about number five or six on the list. When he's going, he's usually top three in every single game that he's in. Yeah. That's how good he is. Now, defensively, love what he does. Love how smart he is. He was blocking shots. He's up there you know, with uh, a few of the Canucks in terms of having that. And then the dangle that he puts on Jan Ruda, just a little bit more confidence in his offensive game. You didn't see that in Toronto, but I think as a player who is entrusted to do more offensively, you're starting to see elements of his game to say, all right, if I'm going to play in the top six, you're going to give me power play time. I've got some more in my locker that I can take out. And as he gets more healthy, as he gets more accustomed to maybe being fully up to speed, I'm excited for Ilya Mikheyev because I think there's more offense there. Yeah. But there's also more confidence there. Playing bottom six minutes in Toronto, he didn't get that opportunity. We might just be on the cusp of seeing how productive he can be.
2: Well, he's such a smart player, and he takes such great angles, and then you consider the mm. size and the speed. He just eats up ground so fast that puck carriers think they have time, and suddenly they go tr- tr- try to pick up this their This guy's head. on top of you. He's yeah. on top of you so fast. When you play with good leverage and you play with good angles, that's why you harp on things like that, yeah. little details. right? You can't take looping angles to guys and slow it down. Now he is 100% all the time when he's on the ice, and it, it just impacts decision-making uh, by opposition puck carriers. Absolutely. We'll keep the discussion going uh, here on the Canucks Central Post Game Show.
0: Randy, fantastic work, and like Chris the Exterminator says, our man is all grown up doing a great job <laughs> alongside Brendan Batchelor doing the color, and we look forward to, for you to bring that on Tuesday between
1: the Canucks and the Devils. Thanks, boys, and uh, thanks to Chris, and i got to say one thing. Hey, With the broadcast. We're going streaking. We're two going di- streaking. Two wins in a row, boys. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Thanks, Randy. That's Randy
0: Janda. Keep your thoughts coming in to our text inbox, 650-650. Grab a phone line, 604-280-0650 or toll free, one 275 We'll go to the phone boards coming up here in a second. A lot of reaction on the text inbox. This one says, well, I guess the tank for Bedard is over, but the cup is coming. So here is the cup. So uh, people are shifting from tanking to the Stanley Cup run after a couple of wins here, Vic.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> look, so uh, a win does. But it, you know what? The city just needed some wins. They man.
0: needed a win. I mean, we talked about this in the postgame show last, last night, too. They just needed to find a way to win a game. It wasn't a Picasso. It wasn't great, but they got the W, got that out of the way. But the way they played last night, if they would have had the same performance tonight, they would have been waxed mm. by the Pittsburgh Penguins. The fact that they showed up and not only played a strong game and battled, and but outplayed and out like. They held on to their territory really well tonight, and that's a Pittsburgh team that can really dictate when they want. Now we can make jokes about them having the Roxy flu or whatever it is. We should play the Mike Sullivan audio yeah, tonight, I, not the Boudreaux I, audio. You know too. what? If he says enough spicy <laughs> stuff, we might have to play the Mike Sullivan audio. But this was a real solid win. Like We can't sit here after this game, they can talk about, oh, you know, they won this game, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. There are no yeah
2: buts after a win like this tonight. No, not at all. And that's why that, those moments, like the start of the third period, where the Penguins started to press, created some havoc in the offensive zone. Seeing that translate into no goals and remedy that situation, carry on and d- keep going into the play, and like that's what you wanted to see. How do you handle adversity? It's been brought up over and over and over again, even by Boudreaux. How do they handle adversity? And this tonight, they did. And mm-hmm. That's the thing we haven't seen through that opening seven-game stretch there. When another team comes back and ties the game up, they crumbled. Tonight, any time the Penguins started to ramp it up, the Canucks pushed back and were able to match it and carry out a 5-1 win. Yeah, and that's why you give them a lot of credit for
0: how they were able to win this hockey game here. Uh, This text here unsigned says, Where is the Brisebois love? He's been solid. And i got to say, tonight, Guillaume Brisebois was really good, but... Last night against the Seattle Kraken, a couple of the goals that Seattle scored really came off a couple of mistakes that Guillaume Brizois made. And, you know, we talked about it on the show today about Ethan Baer, how he's going to fit in, and, you know, the types of players he might be usurping and what they need to do better as a team. Give Guillaume Briseois his due tonight. I mean, we talked about last night maybe a bit of a tough performance. I'm hard-pressed to look at anybody outside of, okay, we can talk about OEL moving the puck, but defensively. Let's talk about Luke Shen, too. Luke Shen Ooh, gets Another, another point. point. But, you know, to the Texter's point, we talked about Guillaume Breezeball, and I, I wasn't enamored w- with what I saw from him last night. Tonight, it, it was he was just like all the other guys on the team. Pretty impressive.
2: Uh, and I thought it was a bit of a slow start for him, I and mean, you kind of just worry, like, you know, uh, Malkin kind of got on top of him, took yeah. the puck away early, but grew into the game. And don't let your confidence get rattled, uh, even after a tough start, but – consistently uh, got important minutes. So, like, was out there on the PK, doing uh, credible things, and uh, the the big thing sat, and I, I know people want to shine some some light on him, gets his point and everything like that, but the big thing was didn't make any mistakes. Yes,
0: huge, huge. So that's, that's
2: just massive. And, and look, out there late on the empty netter.
0: Yeah, for a reason. It kind of tells you why he was out there. Uh, a lot of reaction on the text inbox. Ryan and Uh high sat in Bick and Randy. Bruce, there it is. Nicely played Canucks. I know Colin Caribou called it as well earlier and said, we'll see, Bruce, there it is and the Canucks are going to win when that happens, and he called it. So the optimism in our text inbox came through here tonight. Uh, before we go to the phone boards, Bic, uh, what else is kind of popping here on the Dunbar Lumber text inbox?
2: Knucklehead uh, texting in, uh, best all-around game, obviously, by far. Good defensive game standouts include Bo Miller-Garland and Spencer Martin. Sat, you actually sound excited tonight, and uh, <laughs> I like the bear pickup. We'll get into that conversation later on. Uh, Dino texting in, Miller played a strong game. Good to see him rewarded with the empty netter. He deserved to be on on the scoreboard and Randy gave a nice shout out to him uh, after that penalty uh, on Crosby uh, with a high stick on Crosby. I, I didn't like the penalty, uh, not not the call. I just thought you know you got to maintain control of your stick. But credit to him, stayed with it and engaged with Crosby the rest of the evening. Uh, and this one, uh, Hussein from Coquitlam, captain's performance from Bo, uh, refreshing to see that kind of Canucks goaltending again.
0: Spencer Martin, fantastic game from him between the pipes for the Vancouver Canucks getting yeah, all the love right it's now getting the love. All right, uh, get, get your uh, thoughts into the text inbox we'll get to more of those we'll go to the phone boards coming up in a second 604-280-0650 or toll free, 1-888-275-0650 uh, let's go to LA actually we have Uriah on the line Uriah, thanks for calling in man uh, what do you have for us tonight?
3: oh, thank you very much for taking my call I mean, it's it's just like what I really want to talk about is I'm just a fan. Like My analysis of hockey is like going to be all over the place. I never played hockey, but what I love about the fan base is we lose like a bunch of games in a row. Let's, let's trade everybody. Let's, <laughs> we're done with it. Then we win a couple, and then all of a sudden you hear, Bruce, it is. It's yeah. just like I've been watching the Canucks for 22 years. I'm 30, so basically that makes me 60. So I'm just excited <laughs> to be part of such a fan base that is so ridiculous. But a couple good things happened, and all of a sudden we're excited. I'm excited about Ethan Bear. I'm excited about Spencer Martin. It's just like being down in L.A., like I have tickets to the Canucks in March. Oh, and I was it. like, am I still going to have a Canucks jersey? <laughs> I think I still am now. So, <laughs> thanks for taking my call. I'm just so excited. I'm at a wedding right now. Attaboy. I'm excited to take a little break. Nice. I'm watching the game. You guys are awesome. I Go Canucks, go. You know, Bruce, there it is. I'm so excited to hear that chant. And you know what? I think I think we're making a playoff. You can All quote right. me on that right now.
0: <laughs> hey, I love it. Uh, Uriah calling in. Uh, thanks for your thoughts. Enjoy the wedding and appreciate that you're listening. And you know what? Hey, man, listen. I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan and what, what and not to cool. be excited. We'll take it. Winning is cool. Winning makes makes people happy. And yeah, I mean, listen. I I I love nothing better than talk about Canucks victories on the post game show. Believe me. And I like nothing better than talking about Canucks victories on the post game show, Bic, That you can't do. Yeah, buts. Mm-hmm. That's really what I like doing the best, because you can't call that out. Like, what are you going to say? You know, you, you can nitpick a little bit. You know, I'll talk about this, to talk about that. But this was a full credit victory here for the Canucks tonight. And considering how they've played and how the game's been trending, and despite the fact they won in Seattle last night, I didn't think they played a very clean game. We talked about the third period. You don't boo a victory when the team was, was winless heading into that game. But the process to get the victory tonight was also very encouraging. This is the type of victory you, you see your team win if you're a fan, and you're like, you know what? Not only am I happy with how they played, I'm excited to see what they do the next game.
2: Yeah, this is the type of victory you start building upon, right? Yeah. Last night, look, you got the two points, the mental block of not having a win hopefully gets cleared out, and you say, okay, now that we have a one in the win column, let's start focusing on how to build good habits all over again, and, Start playing like a team. And, you know, we, we did talk yesterday on the post-game show that it felt like a connected performance. Yeah. Not necessarily style of play, but it just felt like they were doing it for mm-hmm. each other. We mentioned the fights. JT Miller it on the line, shot block near the end of the game. And, and that showed up repeatedly. Tonight, okay, so you, you build that upon that. It was more connected in spirit yesterday. Tonight was more connected in play. The defensive yeah. presidents and just how they looked in the offensive zone was a little bit cleaner. The overall breakouts can be better, obviously, but look, it's not all going to happen in one night, in one game. Uh, This is is the type of performance where you can start building something.
0: Uh, I like that.
2: Connected in spirit,
0: but tonight they were connected in performance. Is that what you said? I'm a
2: poet at heart. I like it. Impressed. Vic Nazar, you can hear all this
0: greatness on the People Show. Monday to Friday, 3 to 4 on Sports in the 650. Man runs a solo show, and he drops the type of knowledge. I'm putting the you'd feet expect. up now.
2: <laughs> hey, you got a compliment. Compliment from Satyar show.
0: See, this is the problem with, with the culture here at 650. <laughs> we get way too complacent. One victory, one compliment, a guy puts his feet up and acts like he's been there before. All right, uh, we'll get back to more of your reaction on the text inbox and also on the phone boards. We'll hear from head coach Bruce Boudreaux, Canucks players, and we'll continue evaluating this game. A question just came in. What is the status of Quinn Hughes? When can we expect him to play? Any updates on Quinn Hughes? I do have a Quinn Hughes update. I provided it on TV. Now I'll give it to you coming up on the other side. As the Canucks Central postgame show rolls on, Canucks win on home ice over the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-1 in convincing fashion. And we'll have more on the home your Canucks Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: Now more of the Canucks Central Post Game Show.
2: Join the discussion, text us at 650-650, or call us at 604-280-0650. This is the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Horvat wins the ensuing faceoff. It comes back to the line for Ekman Larson. Lock shot, they score, tipped in front by Bo Horvat. Horvat's second of the game, Vancouver's second power play goal of the game, and it's four to one. Canucks
0: victorious on home ice 5-1 final over the Pittsburgh Penguins back-to-back games, back-to-back victories for your Vancouver Canucks and this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network Satyar Shah with Bick Nazar keep getting your thoughts into our text inbox 650-650 and we'll get to the phone boards coming up in a couple minutes time and uh, before Bick, you start reeling off some of these thoughts and the texts that are coming in and I love it I I I love the uh, exuberance. An excitement that is coming out in our text inbox. Also, some questions. I said uh, there haven't there is there isn't a yeah but here tonight with the victory. Somebody texted in and said, "Well, could you not say that the Penguins' performance is a yeah but?" I mean, I guess you can always say you played you played a team and maybe the other team didn't play their best. But Pittsburgh was rested. They were here in Vancouver waiting for the Vancouver for the Canucks to play, and the Canucks took it to them. You can't do a yeah but when the other team was rested and they didn't play well enough. You know what I mean? Like. That's not a yeah, but to me. A yeah, but to me is a team comes in, they're tired, they don't look great. That's on them not being at their best. It wasn't a schedule mm-hmm. that led to them not being on their best, and and I can't
2: count that as a yeah, but. Uh, it will be interesting, you know, once the team's fully at its paces, see that. But whatever, man. Two points tonight. Was, played well. What can you do if, if the Penguins didn't show up? That's kind of on them. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, before we get to
0: more text, there was a question that came in on Quinn Hughes. Any updates on his status? My expectation is he plays on Tuesday against the Devils. That's kind of what I've heard. Same thing with Brock Besser. I'm expecting both those guys to be back on Tuesday when the Canucks take on the New Jersey Devils. Now somebody texted in, I think it was Keith who texted in and said something about the elephant in the room is the Canucks are better without Brock Besser. So we'll see what it looks like on Tuesday against a fast, talented New Jersey Devils team when they have hopefully Hughes and Besser back. But to answer the question on
2: on uh, Quinn Hughes, yeah. he's going to be back coming up on Tuesday. Well, there you go. 650-650. Uh, so, you know how on the ice we talk about, hey, when you get hit, don't retaliate, take a number, come back later, find it later in the game? I think the texters are uh, taking that sort of approach right now. So, yesterday we had a call, uh, Sally calling in. And oh, uh, yes. <laughs> feels like uh, Canucks fans taking a number, and they're waiting to call back in. uh People remember that phone call. People don't forget. People don't forget. People uh, don't forget. People are going after Sally. <laughs> from Sally's getting is. it. Bell texting in. I'd like to know Sally's thoughts on uh, Bo's performance tonight. Uh, uh, a lot of. I bet you if Sally called
0: back, she would call and double down. Of course. <laughs> That's how you know you have a good
2: take is when you got to
0: double down yeah. on it. Where are the Horvat haters tonight uh, is another text that's coming in. A lot of those
2: uh, thoughts uh, are coming Steve in. Steve from Vancouver. Miller looks way better on the wing and Bow looks better with him on his wing. Is that a bad call by management to try Miller, PD Bow down the middle? Uh, you know, I, we, we've said this a couple of times, like just because you can play center doesn't mean you should be center. I can understand just in break glasses of a case of emergency scenarios. Yeah. Like I, I I think like JT Miller can play center, okay? Yes. He can I th- play I, center. I just think he's a better winger. Yes. That's that, that's that's all this is. You can look at it and say he's probably a top twenty five, top twenty ish center, but on the wing he's probably like a top fifteen, top eighteen style winger and, and mm-hmm. Obviously, the positional value means more, but, yeah, he's a really good winger. Yeah. But the problem is is this team wants – the depth down the middle, and, and you just have to find a way to make that work.
0: Now, and they have added a little more, a bit more depth. Now, Jack Stadika, the four they got from the Boston Bruins yesterday, I'm not sure he's going to be an everyday center for you, but can play center, is a right-handed shot, has the ability to do so, can play the wing, and we'll see he's going to get the chance, you know what I mean? Like, what can he kind of provide? We'll see Lane Peterson's in the mix, kind of, but these are more... Stop gap guys, they still don't really have too many options you feel good about if you're not running those guys down the middle. Just create and that's more inventory issue. of players. Yeah, have guys you can call up if, when, when need be. Uh, keep the thoughts coming into the text
2: inbox, 650-650. Trucker James says, uh, back-to-back days, management made good deals, and back-to-back wins by the team. So facts only, sat. Facts only. On the days Canucks have made a trade this season, they've won a game. Yeah. So Tuesday... Make another trade. And you want to keep the
0: facts only coming? There's more facts only in the text inbox. This one unsigned. Canucks are two points out of a playoff spot. Boy is Boys, is this division weak? That's, that's one unsigned text about what's going on here uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, who are victorious over the Pittsburgh Pen- Penguins. Let's go to the phone boards. 604 uh, 280 Let's go to Burnaby, where Kevin is on the line. Kevin, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us here tonight?
4: Uh, good evening, boys. I love to hear the homers. You guys sound so happy. And anyway, yeah, finally, I, I,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah,
4: I played hockey my whole life, but I'll just give you a couple of hints here. Just a couple shout-outs first. Up. Martin, he's been steady since the beginning, so that's, that's why DiPietro's out of a job. Shen was a beast tonight, the way he controlled mm. Malkin. I don't know if you've got to go back to see those highlights. Without him, uh, Malkin sets up shop and it's over. And a couple things moving forward. Hughes, uh, you know when they use the power play him on playing on the top of the diamond? It's all wrong. Hughes should be used as a rover. Roven, or just like um uh McCart there, that's how you should be used moving forward in the power play because we can have so much more within what we're doing, but him sets on the top, and you got one you got Miller on one side and Petey, that's so easy to defend the games. I played hockey in the house, so I'm telling you I'll just you up listening to you guys with Burroughs, he's the guy you can win with, so he stays in the lineup no matter what, so I'll listen guys
0: hey uh hey, thanks for the phone call uh calling in there on the thoughts on what we are seeing from the Canucks so far. Kevin calling in for Burn- Burnaby. I-, I know Luke Shen is somebody we gave a lot of credit to, of course. Uh, what he mentions about Quinn Hughes as a rover. Essentially, I guess in, in this spot, it would, he would have to play the bumper spot to be considered the rover, essentially. And I think you and I have talked about this. If you want to take Quinn Hughes off the point, the two places where I would be intrigued by having him, either it's on the half wall, but doesn't shoot the puck hard enough to really play that, uh, you know, effectively. Same thing, maybe to play the bumper spot, but If you want to
2: have somebody get creative and have him roam around, that would be the spot to throw him in. Yeah, I've wanted to see more mobility from Quinn Hughes. And and to be honest, the entire power play, uh, just some more switching, some more positional rotation. It it does feel like he does get tethered to the blue line a bit too often. Now, mind you, he is phenomenal going east-west and creating space for himself and, and being an outlet for the flanks. Uh, But, you know, his change of direction ability, his situational awareness, positional awareness, um, spatial awareness of how he can navigate space. Yeah, that's something. And and on top of being able to handle the puck and always protecting it, it, it's something I'd love to see. Yeah, we really haven't through uh, the few seasons he's been here. It's difficult to do. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but that is—I'd love to see more movement from the power play. Same, I love to see that too, and Quinn Hughes can be part
0: of that as well. A, a lot of reaction, to text coming in. Ella is asking us, "What did you think of Elias Pettersson's game?" And somebody else texted in and says, "How about Elias Pettersson looking like a young Pavel Datsuk?" And somebody brought up the fact that he was on his backhand a lot tonight and wondered if that means he's feeling something with his wrist, what's going on, he was on his backhand the whole night. Nothing that really stood out to me in that sense, but, you know, something I'll, I'll go back and kind of reconsider mm-hmm. and see if it's anything there. We'll see the next game and whether anything comes out here post game. We'll hear from Boudreaux and the Canucks players as that audio becomes available in a few moments' time. But on Elias Pedersen and how he played tonight. It wasn't a game he score. he doesn't get a point here on the score sheet. But, man, was he impressive. Mm-hmm. Especially considering he was either out there against Malkin or Sidney Crosby. And he not only held his own, he won his matchup. He was tremendous. I mean, he's been tremendous this whole year. But this is a type of game, Bick, where it can get overshadowed. Horvath gets a couple of goals. The Canucks, you know, uh, they go score in a power play. Spencer Martin has a great game. And there are bagels as far as points and goals and assists for Elias Petterson tonight. So it's easy to kind of forget about it. But these are the types of superstar two-way games that establish a guy into that category. No points, but you could make the case he was the most impactful Canuck out there on the ice tonight in terms of what he was doing defensively, his impact on special teams, the PK, the power play. Again, doesn't get a point here tonight, but the way he played in complete control when he was out there tonight. And that's a type of two-way performance That can go a long way for this team. It it was a word we
2: used a lot last year uh, when talking about this team. When you're an individual talent, how are you influencing the game? Tonight, Elias Pettersson, despite zeros in the box score, influenced the game. Evgeny Malkin, he played against them six minutes and 39 seconds, five on five. I noticed Evgeny Malkin in his own zone a bit. He's kind of a tank and going through the neutral zone. Didn't notice Evgeny Malkin 5-on-5 five five a lot on the ice tonight. Yeah. Obviously on the power plays, he, he's a tank, and he's going to generate a couple of chances. But 5-on-5, five five, I thought Elias Petterson did amazing work against him. Just looking at some of the shot shares and the expected goals. And, yeah, the expected goals for Evgeny Malkin tonight were pretty decreased. So that, that that's a pretty good job by Elias Pettersson. And that's what you want to see. And, by the way, should get noted, Ilya Mikheyev up on that line. Right now, that's what I want to see preseason. Oh. Create a stopper line. And you, you bring up McKeever. I, I gotta start waxing poetic. I mean, but you're right. Create that stopper line with him and Pedersen. Get two smart individuals that play with such great leverage, commit to decisions. Mikhaev plays so fast, and they read off each other so well. Yeah. It was the one thing that was encouraging off the preseason. I know there were so many issues, but the way in that very short sample size before McKeever got hurt, the way they rotate off of each other. Is awesome and they just constantly Mm -hmm. create pressure. McKayev with the pure speed and Pedersen, we know, especially because of the power play duty or the penalty kill duty, he reads the game so well and he's able to anticipate. Whereas McKayev can do it with speed and put pressure on people, Pedersen can do it with anticipation and get to a spot as a player is receiving a puck. And he's
0: so good at creating disruption because he jumps passing lanes, and he's always so good at 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 anticipating. That's the word that you use, and I think that's the perfect word for Elias Pettersson's two-way play tonight. I mean, a a, all all hands on deck type of performance. Even people that didn't score or get on the score sheet here tonight for the Canucks played well. But on Elias Mikhaev, and you know, there has been criticism because you know he first came in the team was losing. He got a contract this off season. The reason I didn't dislike the signing as much as a lot of people did, and I understand the reasoning behind it, and I know there are people that don't love the signing and say you should have saved that money. I think it's fair to say if you're looking to save money and have flexibility, signing another forward takes away from that. I understand why people have that concern, and it's a legitimate one. Three things about Ilya Mikhaev, which are very hard to find. One, it's hard to find guys that can score you know, 20 or so goals for you, and he did that in, in 50-some games. Goal scorers are not easy to find, and guys that can do so, you, you want to snap up. Has size, has speed. How Scarcity. Hard it? It's hard to find guys with that size and that speed, not to mention the fact he can score goals, but he's also a two-way ace. There's a lot more to his game than what he showed early on, and we'll see how the contract ages. But prototype-wise... At his peak wise, this is an impact type of player. And he's not old. He's going to be, you know, he'll, he'll be what, 30 when the contract expires, essentially, 31 when the contract expires. So he's going to be here for the prime of his career. And I don't even think he's completely up to speed with his pace after having that knee injury in preseason. It took him a while to recover from it. But this is the type of player, to your point, there's a scarcity for these types of guys. Sure, he's not Josh Anderson, he's not a Zach Cassian. You know, he's not the size, speed combo that's going to drop the gloves, you know, at their peak and stuff like that and, and do those types of things. But he does play with physicality, and there's a lot of tangible two way ability he brings, like you outlined, playing alongside Elias Pettersson. There's a lot to Aaron McKayev's game, and if he plays like the way he's played the last couple of games, I think a lot of Canucks fans will get on board with that as well. Uh, keep the thoughts coming into the text inbox 650, 650. We'll go to. Um, Bruce Boudreaux coming, in here, coming up here in just a second. But let's get another phone call in. Let's get, go to Wayne and Courtney. Wayne, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us after this 5-1 Canucks win?
5: Uh, good evening, gentlemen. I heard
6: the game in the radio on the highway, so I had to pull over. Three
4: very quick points. I'll take about a minute or less. Uh, number one point, I remember saying the last year, uh, last phone call – saying that we got to get this guy Spencer Martin signed. This guy is steady, Eddie. I mean, he's really good between the pipes. He's a great backup. we got to sign this guy, and I wasn't wrong, and glad to see him signed. Second point, I miss Corey Hirsch on the radio. Great guy, great color commentary,
6: his attitude. Really miss him. And the third point, and the Go on.
5: Third
4: point, third point uh, here on Vancouver Island, I'm a professional national anthem singer. So I sing at hockey games and sporting events, and I was just wondering how to get in touch, maybe
6: talk to Josh. How to get in touch with singing at uh, Rogers Arena for the Canucks?
0: Hey, Wayne. Uh, thanks for the phone call. We'll we'll put you on hold, and uh, maybe you can get an email you can contact the Vancouver Canucks with, and and see how that goes. Well, that's Wayne and Courtney, uh, and yeah, Spencer Martin wants to get in on the on the. <laughs> <laughs> Once I get in on the national anthem singing and also Spencer Martin. Look, we try to help you, I have, I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, I know.
2: I'm sorry to report, I have no idea. <laughs> I I wish I could help you win. Yeah. Uh Spencer Martin though. Uh another strong performance. We talked about him with Randy, and this is the important thing. Put incredible performances, how to get more games and it, it just it eases your mind that on back to back so you can just say, Cool, we yeah. can put Spencer Martin in. Understandably, later in the season, what is the situation going to be as far as chasing points and where Statue Demko's play and all that sort of stuff. But assuming calm waters and there are a handful of points out of a playoff spot or whatever it is, back-to-back should be split. Spencer Martin so far has played really well. This isn't a scenario where last year Yaroslav Halak loses his confidence for a bit, isn't competing. He like, well, we can't really yeah. put this guy. So far... Spencer Martin has held up his end of the bargain come uh, the next back-to-back, which I think is Ottawa and Montreal, Mm -hmm. in two weeks' time uh, on the road. Yeah, that should get split up. They play Toronto and Boston, back-to-back. Those should get split up. And and it's important, especially at the beginning part of the season, because I think there's three back-to-backs in November uh, all on the road. So there's three easy starts right there for Spencer Martin.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the way it's going to kind of unfold there as well. Uh, This text here... Are you two Bo haters okay with his recent performance, and do you stand by wanting JT over him? I mean, number one, yes. I'm never <laughs> not okay when, when a Canuck player plays well, and Bo Horvat two goals tonight, and he obviously has five on the season here so far. Uh, and as far as him and JT Miller are concerned, I'm not going to change my opinion on mm-hmm. saying it's okay. To, I'd rather keep JT over Bo if I had a choice after, what, nine games into the season? The guy signed a seven-year and contract. And also, hang
2: on. I just hate the term "haters." Okay, what is that? I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, it, I feel. It's true. I, like, <laughs> now I'm triggered. Okay. Oh, oh yes, I like you and I. Look, I understand we've been critical. Okay. Yeah. But also, if you're going to call us haters, at least be fair of what we have said. We have said, second line center, for me lower end. I don't know specifically where you have it, but what does he do? He scores goals. Yes. He can contribute on the power play. That's the analysis. Yes. We've been more critical based on the perception of, oh, lockdown center and does all these things. But we have both admitted, what does he do? Scores goals. Scores goals, can score in the power play. What did he do tonight? Score goals on the power play. Yeah. So, again, it's nice. It goes on the highlights. You're happy. All that sort of stuff. We've said he can score goals. Nobody has said he is cannot score goals. And what Bo Horvat has done so far this season has six goals. It's fantastic to see. But the, the the analysis hasn't necessarily changed because he's literally doing what we've admitted he's done. You no,
0: know, The question is, how much is that worth to you? And mm-hmm. when you look at this Canucks team, how many guys do you want to bring back? How much of this can you change? And, yeah, I'm reluctant to want to commit to both on a contract over $7 million over seven or eight years when the Canucks already have a few guys signed in that regard. You can't sign everybody. If I had a choice, I would have taken JT over Bo Horvat, good game for Bo Horvat tonight. We'll see where that goes. As far as uh, his contract situation, Patrick Alvine has essentially said just about nothing so far on it. Uh, there isn't much to report, uh, even according to himself. Not much discussion has happened the last couple weeks. Not, not a not couple weeks. Not a lot of progress. Does that mean he's not going to be here? No, but it doesn't seem like anything is imminent as far as a contract for the Canucks captain. Bull Hor- Horvat, who does have six goals. Now it's funny because we're looking at the official stats, and it has Bull Horvat as five goals because they don't—they haven't credited him yet with the second goal. They just changed it. They changed it right yeah. now. Okay, I there said we go. six, didn't I? You said six. Yeah. I said five initially, but it is six. But yes. The official score sheet after the game still had Bull Horvat for one goal, so it now it is
2: officially changed. Has been to six, updated, so it is updated. Which I now. didn't understand. It's like he's the one celebrating.
0: No, I know it was. It
2: was clear. <laughs> he like did the big fist bump. It was pretty obvious. You don't usually fist pumps uh, <laughs> assists.
0: <laughs> no, no, usually you don't. All right, uh, we'll get back to uh, more uh, of your text messages and your phone calls coming up in a second. But uh, let's go to the Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreau, who addressed the media after another victory this one an impressive one over the pittsburgh penguins and you talked about how they played overall tonight
4: yeah i mean i thought we played really good you know the first three minutes of the third period we got caught running around a little bit but uh, once we weathered that storm uh, i thought we were pretty good the rest of the period
6: how pleased have you been with the line of horvat miller and garland and
2: what they've given you since you put them together
4: they've been uh, for well for the two games they've been really good i mean uh, Uh, They went toe-to-toe with Sid on every shift, I think, tonight. Uh, Maybe there was one or two that that didn't uh, do it, and I thought they did a great job. You
6: had Petey toe-to-toe against Malkin as well. Mm. How do you think that
4: went? Well, I thought, uh, again, I mean, we limited them, Malkin to the point where I don't think he he was very effective at the end of the game because he was frustrated, and uh, that's a great uh, testament to Petey's line. What can you say
0: about Spencer Martins play tonight?
4: he made the big saves when you had to make them. and uh, uh, well you know what i mean that's all I've seen of him like eight games now and he's gotten points in eight straight so uh, it's uh, uh, i haven't seen him do anything negative and that's that's great when you can have your other goaltender doing that it, it makes an inner competition a little bit he's
6: only played the back to backs given how he looks and, and thatcher's still kind of working his way back with you can you get him in more than just the back-to-back?
4: I'm sure I'm going to try. You know, I mean, uh, we've, we've got so many games coming every other day, it seems like. I mean, uh, and the guys have as much uh, faith in him as anything right now. So I'm sure he's going to play before there's another back-to-back. With so
2: many injuries on defense, how do you feel your defensive group has come together with some of the AHL players that have
4: call Well, this is the best game they played. I mean, as a collective group, I, th- I would – venture to guess. It's the first game we've allowed less than three goals and uh, it really reminded me of how we were everybody, defense and forwards, were playing at the end of last year. How
6: about special teams tonight, some timely goals on the power
4: play? Well, the power play last few games is you know i mean quietly started to pick it up what i was really impressed with was the second group on the power play they the first they scored the first goal which wasn't a power play and and uh, uh but they were a threat every time they were there so it's uh, when they can do that then it becomes really a uh, a tough 2 minutes for the other teams and it was important to get the win last night obviously but probably pretty important to back
1: it up with a performance like this what do you feel now like there is a a foundation of some degree to
4: start moving forward well i i feel that there's you know it's two games but i mean you could tell uh, it was like the weight of the world was lift, lifted off our shoulders quite frankly because every other third period has been like oh what's going to happen that's negative and i think once we got through the first three minutes then it was like okay let's go and everybody just played and uh, uh and there's I, th- I thought it was really good. It was. It, I think confidence is an amazing um, thing, and you, when you don't have it, it kills you. And when you have it, it's uh, it's really good. And, and it looks like we're gaining a little bit right now. I mean, we're not out of the woods. We're two and five, but I mean, uh, we're better than we were a week ago. You leaned
2: pretty hard on your big guys tonight, which maybe isn't always easy in a back to back. But is that easier because it's early in the season?
4: Well, I mean, uh, I. It probably is, but I leaned on them because we were having hard matchups tonight. And uh, we don't always have hard matchups, but if they want to play Sid 23 minutes, our, and the thing with Sid doesn't play the uh, the penalty kill, and our guys do. So, I mean, it, it's doubly difficult, you know? So, I mean, uh, our guys were killing penalties plus playing against Sid. So, I mean, you don't want that to be an everyday occurrence, especially with a back-to-back or three and four or stuff, I meant stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's two in two days. That's awful. <laughs> um, but, uh, and that was really a slip. I just <laughs> slipped out. Uh, so, but, you know, I thought um, uh, I thought everybody chipped in and everybody did a good job.
2: Um, what if he made it? coming down the wing, did you, oh. did you think he was going to shoot?
4: Well, it, usually every time when you see two guys that are really good friends and everything, they always try to make the pass. But the guy did a great job of taking away the pass. And that's the shot that I've seen Bo make an awful lot last year. And uh when he gets it away it's uh, uh, and if it's accurate it goes in. What do you it make seems of what? Be the guy
2: that gets the big goal too, doesn't he? Well
4: that's what captains do.
2: What have you made of what McCabe's given you over the last
4: couple of years? Well I think you guys have seen a progression in his play. And uh uh now Um, Especially like with him and Kuzmenko too, the the progression in his play because you got two guys that speak the same language uh, on the ice and they can talk to each other. I think has been really good. So you know, again, it's been a one week, uh, one weekend, and you know, we're not talking Stanley Cup here, but we're talking progress over the previous weeks.
2: Kuzmenko gets the big goal tonight. Have you seen a progression in his play away from the puck? Are there still elements where he needs to adapt to any NHL well,
6: system? Well,
4: of course, he's not a perfect player yet, but his shifts were shorter tonight. He was dumping the puck in at the right time. Um, those are great steps.
2: First, yesterday, you talked about. Yesterday, you talked about Tanner Pearson knowing, being a player who's won cups and knowing when to step up, be physical, and play that role. Have you seen that from Luke Shen over the past couple of days? feels like he's well, on the body.
4: Yeah, I mean, today was his best game. I think he's now our highest-scoring defenseman, so uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty cool for Luke. The so, puck management was really
5: good. It just seemed like a cleaner game overall. You even stopped their entries. Was that a big part
4: of lower? Well, I, I think, yeah, and you can tell, I mean, in the NHL right now, I mean, as we get into the 10th game of the year, the puck management of all the teams gets better. There's not as much sloppiness, and then that's what – the progression as the year goes on is, it will happen.
2: Was there any different message heading into the third period compared to previously in the season or was it just a matter of...
6: Just
4: want, I just wanted them to be aggressive and stay on it and stay on it. I said we may need another goal to win this game but uh, uh, just stay with it and go after the win instead of just like even in uh, last game in Seattle we sort of sat back and hope they didn't score a little bit.
2: We've and, talked about kind of being afraid to win and afraid to make that mistake but was that the opposite of what you saw tonight, that they weren't afraid?
0: Well, that's
4: what, what that's what confidence does.
0: That is Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux after a 5-1 victory on home ice over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he was very impressed with his team performance, especially his top players. Gave Spencer Martin a lot of credit as well. And towards the end, uh, even shared a laugh about, Qu- uh, about Luke Shen, who... He's offensive not, stalwart. He Luke Shen. is an offensive stalwart. He's not leading Canucks defenseman in points. That's actually Quinn Hughes and OEL, who both have five assists so far in the season. But Luke Shen quietly, four helpers through nine
2: games. <laughs> just really surprising, right? And just, <laughs> look, just putting the puck into the areas that uh, where it's going to uh, lead to contributions. And Kuzmenko gets the tip tonight. And I, I just keep running out of things to praise Luke Shen about. I know. He's he's tremendous. Like he, He's been
0: such a find for this team coming in last year, playing as well as he did, and just being a solid player for them this year. And there's so much to like about Luke Shen, too, and his physicality, his character, his leadership. And just everything he's brought for this team so far. And he's doing it on a very cheap salary as well. It's it's hard not to be impressed and like what Luke Shen is providing. A lot of reaction on the text inbox. 650-650. Much more positive and lighthearted and happy tonight. Go figure. The Canucks win and play well. Told you. And, cool. and, and the mood uh, is a lot different. Uh, this one here from Jeffro: If the Canucks make the playoffs, are you guys going to have the unlimited postgame show again? Oh, I no. am believing right now. See, the Canucks win two games and the playoff talk is back. We might do unlimited postgame shows. Uh, if the Canucks, if, it, if and when the Canucks make the playoffs, whether that's this year or in the future or whatever. Is that what I signed up for? I'm not sure, however, that at least I'm going to be here past midnight on those games. I, I think we'll pass it off to somebody else at some point, maybe at like 1 o'clock.
2: Line changes, baby.
0: Yeah. Keep us fresh. <laughs> Short shifts. <laughs> Load management in the postseason. <laughs> uh, uh, nice to hear the lighter lighter hearted Bruce voice at the podium. That is Corey the Carpenter texting in as that's well. So wins
2: do. Yeah. Brings out the uh, the smiles in everyone. Yes, uh, it does. <laughs> you can always tell when someone's smiling when they're talking and you're listening. Uh, what else you got here on the text inbox? Pick. Uh, 650 Six fifty, six fifty. You can always uh, chime in, be part of the post-game show. Uh, Petey will win a Selkie one day. He's becoming so strong defensively and on the PK. That one is from Rager texting in. And, yeah, it, it, it fits the profile of what he was supposed to be getting to an age now uh, where physically, no. Well, Growing out a bit as yeah. well uh, Jeffro Boys look good Good atmosphere in the building Let's get some more W's uh, Hockey mom and Gibson Says last night was a greasy sloppy Have to win Tonight was a decisive team effort We can when The buy-in was there. The effort was there. We we're wanting to see that all season. Now keep it going. And Bruce kind of referenced that uh, as well, mm-hmm. that uh, tonight was a collective group. Also the first game. However, they haven't given up uh, three goals against as wow. well. that That's wild.
0: This game is ninth
2: Game nine
0: in the Canucks. The first game didn't allow... Fewer than three goals. Uh,
2: last one here from Colton from Rock Creek. McKeough is advertised tonight. Martin still proving all the naysayers wrong. You'll love to see it. Who who's Martin proving wrong? The naysayers. Who are the naysayers? The general. For Martin? Naysayers.
0: Oh, you mean for, for, oh, you mean like, oh, okay, I get it. I thought Martin naysayers. naysayers. I see, I see. The, yes. And the Naysayers, they're not all quiet, however. Like this one, unsigned Canuck. Signed, unsigned Canuck. At least you have a name. That's all right. Another meaningless win tonight. One step further from Bedard. Typical Canuck fashion. Hashtag Tank for Bedard so that sentiment is still there not quite as strong as it is during a loss Bic but you know some fans are still talking about rebuild and wanting changes to happen even though
2: there have been a couple minor trades the last couple of days uh yeah and uh Rager again texting back in don't get it twisted everybody still need a rebuild (laughs) refresh yeah Yeah. look we we haven't changed our tone like again two wins is nice it's awesome uh, they still find themselves with a 333 winning percentage, which is good for 14th in the <laughs> West. So yeah. as much as you can say, hey, two points out of the playoff spot, can't believe we're doing this nine games in, but it feels like we're 64 <laughs> games in, uh, where uh, we did this points pace and this and this and this. So, yeah, they're still in pace for 54 points. Uh, yeah, that's you got to start
0: winning a lot more. Facts only. Uh, this, this text unsigned, Shen is the new TANF. People hyped, man. I'm here for that, Jake. <laughs> People hyped. What's the deal? Uh this one here. Oh, the positivity is the What's rebuild. The deal? Uh, uh, is the rebuild canceled? I don't know. Canucks victories and management will determine. Why did it. the rebuild say something? <laughs> 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 the rebuild had to keep its mouth shut. Instead, it got canceled.
3: <laughs>
0: Should the rebuild say something controversial? That's <laughs> what happens when rebuilds rebuild start ch- to chase cloud on Twitter. <laughs> All right, Uh, we'll get back to more of your responses on our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. More of your phone calls, 604-280-0650. You're toll free, one 275 We'll hear from Canucks players. Ian McIntyre will join us for the final segment, and we'll also break down some of the trade action happening around your Vancouver Canucks right here on the Canucks Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network
4: back to more Canucks Central Post Game
2: Show coverage. This is where you talk Canucks on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
0: Latang taking his
2: time on the breakout, feeds up the right side for Heinen. He'll go rink wide through the middle, but Pedersen broke it up. Here come the Canucks the other way. Elias Pedersen, left wing for McCab, cuts to the goal, to the backhand. and was stopped by Jari in tight. Now Shen sends a drive to the line. They score, tipped in front by Andre go?
0: Andre Kuzmenko scoring in back-to-back games. Now up to three goals on the season. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Canucks with a 5-1 victory over the Penguins here on, on home ice. It was Tanner Pearson who, op- who opened up the scoring, assisted by Mikheyev and Connor Garland. Bull Horvat on the power play from Kuzmenko. Then Ricard Raquel scored for the Pittsburgh Penguins before the Vancouver Canucks put this one away in the third period. Three goals from Kuzmenko. All from Bo Horvat and J.T. Miller with the empty netter. And it was an impressive performance from this Canucks team. A multi-polling game for Bo Horvat, Ilya Mikheyev, and Andre Kuzmenko. And we talked a lot about Ilya Mikheyev and how well he played. Let's spend a moment here back on uh, Andre Kuzmenko, who we talked about getting so many scoring chances the first little bit in the season. Scored in scored in his first game, but was really having a hard time putting the puck in the net despite getting those opportunities, well, now he's scored in back-to-back games. The confidence seems to be there in his game. He had a nice assist as well in this game. Are we starting to see this player come to his own a little bit here?
2: Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, I still want to see the shot, though. Like, that's that's the quality we saw in the preseason. It's like, okay, that one's going to translate. And and so far we've seen it kind of just hit center mass of the goalie. Yeah. He scored two tap-ins. Tonight it's a tip-in. That stuff can be fickle, right? He looked like the type of player that can generate his own space and create independently, at least in the offensive zone, maybe not necessarily in transition by himself. But when you put him with Micaiah, when you put him with Pedersen, is he going to find some opportunities? I still just want to see him bury one. Yeah. And until I see that, that's the barrier that I want to see that's Mm -hmm. like, okay, man, this guy is going to pop in – 20 regularly in the NHL. Right.
0: Yeah. As far as his production on the season now, three goals, three assists, six points in nine games. So, yeah, well, on the score sheet, it looks good. The question productive. is productive. Sustain- yes, this is, it's the sustainability of it. What has me encouraged, and you're right, I want to see the shot, the rate in which he's getting those opportunities. Yes. That is the encouraging part, and him finding a way to get some points there. He's kind of
2: oh man, this is oh, where are you going with this one? I was going to say, like he's kind of like a chase on season, where he's <laughs> just, like around the net and like <laughs> you're getting the right spots, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so like that's encouraging that you're you're around the net you want to see and you're the willing, beam you're willing yeah. to go to these spots. That's a yeah. huge part of obviously scoring goals. Yeah. Uh, but like the the selling point was like, hey, he's got a great shot. Well, I want to see the shot, and and then we can get really excited about what he can do. And even uh, Boudreaux, when asked
0: about it, he was obviously praising Ovechkin. Oh, uh, no, but also today, yes. But today he, he kind of sure, said, yeah. "Yeah, you know, it's good. There's still more to come here." When, and that's you know, and at, I you can the take as
2: a <laughs> I mean, how many games has Ovi gone? Nine <laughs> games without scoring a, a wrist Ooh. shot goal. <laughs>
0: been, a, been a couple minutes. Uh, been a couple minutes. All right, uh, great stuff coming in from the text inbox. Colin from Caribou, Q. The are you not entertained? From Gladiator, yes, I am entertained. That is Colin saying that. Uh, this one uh, unsigned Shen is better value than Tanev. Would you trade one for one right now with current contracts? I wouldn't. Is what this text said. I mean, as good as as good as was that. I would. Yes, of course. I mean, I mean, it's funny to say considering you know what was going on with Tan here and Vancouver towards the end. But Luke Shen is also an expiring contract. Uh, He's not going to be making eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars next season. So, you know, he's probably not making three or four million. But you know, it's it's probably not going to be as cheap next season as it
2: is this year. No, the Canucks got a bargain. Sign him to a two year deal, uh, and it's worked out as well as any free agent. Uh, signing that they've had in the past uh, handful of years. Uh, Hard-pressed to find a better one. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, he's been full value for that and then some. I want to respond to a tweet we got uh, from Adam. Uh, You asked, uh, has Crosby ever gone 0-3 on the Western Canada roadie? Uh, So I had to dig through the entire career of Sidney Crosby. Uh, but I'm pretty sure this is the only time Sidney Crosby has done the West Coast trip, uh, West Coast Canadian trip, uh, and picked up uh, three L's. Wow. So, so big shout there by Adam uh, for, for catching that.
0: And the Canucks did it on a back-to-back night.
2: Good good, good one by Adam.
0: Good stuff from the Vancouver Canucks to make that happen here tonight. Took a while to comb through game logs. But man, is he impressive, Sidney Crosby.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's so good. Like, he had a <laughs> chance in the second period on a power play where the puck is bouncing and his stick was tied up. Yeah. And it didn't even make sense how he backhand tipped it to himself to his forehand and got even just a reasonable shot off. It's not as if he corralled it and fired it. It was just like smacked towards the net. And Spencer Martin had to work to get to that side of the post and save that chance. It just didn't make sense how he was able to under pressure, smack the puck back towards him in the right spot with the right weight to be able to get a shot off.
0: Sydney he's, Crosby. He's so good. Sidney Crosby doing Sidney Crosby things. Uh, this text unsigned. Uh, this text, on the positive side, players are increasing their trade value. Signed, the rebuild. Rebuild? Not canceled. fax only. Texting back. Uh, Rafe texts in, the Canucks schedule start in, in November is a gross. Four games and five nights with travel. Sends Habs back-to-back one night, then off leads, leads to Bruins back-to-back. That's on management, Rafe says, as far as the schedule Goes and the National Hockey League. So we'll see how the Canucks respond to that schedule uh, as time goes on. Uh, This one here, Daniel from Richmond. How would you set the Canucks lineup with the new additions via trade? Hughes and Besser coming back next week. Let's go.
2: This is off-season content here.
0: Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned, I'm expecting Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser to be back on Tuesday against the Devils. With those guys back, on the back end, it becomes relatively easy. Well, does it, though? first-line center, (laughs) and then work work backwards. Uh, uh, Realistically. Breezebois comes out. On the back end, yeah. this is an easy one. He comes out, Hughes comes in. I think that's the one easy swap that you make on the back end. Now, on Ethan Bear, though, Cal Burrows has played well. Tyler Myers, not a guy that comes out of the lineup. Luke Shen, with how he's played, is not coming out of the lineup. They could always take out a a lefty like a Jack Rathbone and have a righty play his offside. But is is Ethan Bear even getting into the lineup on Tuesday?
2: I, I think it's man. Here's the thing, and this is a like this is a good problem to have, and it's why I asked Patrick Alvigne, uh earlier on when he met with media. It's like is this is this type the like, type of competition you want to create now? Because yeah, you you traded some prospects, you traded some picks, uh, you did it for pros, and is this going to start kind of creating that mm-hmm. standard that you want of guys competing to stay in the lineup? I want to solve this problem. Like yeah. I don't know what the answer is, but now choosing between Bear and Burrows, I think you probably put Ethan Bear in, but Kyle Burrows deserves to stay in this lineup right now. And this is what you want to see. Yeah, Guys compete to get into the lineup. It's no longer like, oh, well, Guillaume Breezeball might get a, sh- uh, a-, a shift in and, and a game in because of injuries, but raise the standard internally and mm-hmm. how will guys respond and what sort of pushback do they have outside of a game context and, and try to earn their way back into the lineup. Uh, that is an intriguing option. Because uh, I don't
0: want to see Jack Rathbone come out of the lineup with how he's played.
1: So... who <laughs> I, I, who do like you play I with? Said, who?
0: So
2: I made the case earlier. I want to say Ethan, I want to see Ethan Bear with Oliver Rekman Larson. I agree with you on that. But right now, I, this is for the Tuesday game.
0: I mean, is Ethan Bear getting into the lineup? I, I, I'm not sure that he is. You probably don't break up a winning lineup, right? So he's probably not playing on Tuesday, Ethan Bear, unless if you did on his. meritocracy. Who
2: are the two candidates c- to come out? Candidates to come out, I like, mean, like the two most likely guys. Well, I mean, it's going to be Rathbone and, and Breezeball. No, no, just based on play. Don't don't include age, don't include contract or anything. Just based on play. Who do you think are the two most likely to come out?
0: I, I'd still say Breezeball's one, and like it's Myers or Oel, right? Yeah, but I mean, no, the, th- 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 that's th- not logical. Th- I, I know, understand. but I mean, if, if you, but here's the thing: like you, you throw you throw Breezeball, Rathbone those same minutes, they're going to get chewed up the same way. You know what I mean? So it's like, Well, Bruce yes, was out for sure. That's what I'm saying. But even Graspo, like you, you throw him into those same minutes, those guys are going to get chewed up. I'm with you. I don't like how they play. Even tonight, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to do this because he got a couple points tonight. To OEL? Yeah. I mean, he fought the puck. Yeah, he, he's, he's struggling. Defensively, he had a pretty good night, but he's really struggling with the puck, right? Like, it, it hasn't been pretty from him. I mean, Myers, you can talk but about But that's why well, it makes it such an interesting conversation because those two guys are not coming out of the line. No, they're not. They're not. And I think if you're looking at it from the, what the coach is going to do, it's, it's between Rathbone and Breezebois. And I think Breezebois comes out. And to somebody asking us, I thought he actually played well tonight. Now, up, up front... And somebody says, we want to see the Huggy Bear pairing, which is Hughes and Bear together, called the Huggy Bear. Yeah, we got it. But we'll see. I, I'm working on photoshops <laughs> of uh, the Bernstein Bears.
2: Ooh, I like that. I like that. So I'm, I'm getting Quinn Hughes headshots. and.
0: Make sure to follow Bick on Twitter, at uh, BicNazar. Only if
2: you just want chaos well, on the timeline. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Uh, but as far as the forward lines go, uh, Brock Besser being back, Studnika, Lane Peterson's not even here. But does Studnika get in? For uh, Again, for who? Sheldon Dry's is the
2: easy one. Oh, I guess that one. Yeah. To oh, well, you know what? he plays
0: on the second unit. Play twelve minutes tonight.
2: Power play too, man. Sheldon Dries put in some work. Oh yeah. Before that goal that Tanner Pearson scores, he played and a minute forty-four on the power play. I like he just did subtle things that I just love that we just don't see enough of. The puck goes up top, and he just kind of shuffles over and yeah. shows his backhand. Just gives Jack Rathbone a target to pass to on his backhand, takes it in that bumper and he just he just looks like he knows He's good on the power how play. to yeah, be in that spot on the power play and Connor Garland worked off of yeah. him so well and it created space. And by the way, I know some somebody shouted out uh Connor Garland. I am sorry I lost your text here. But it's like hey, can we give him some praise? Yeah, he played really well. That power play him. goal that gets created. Connor Garland had so much poise to just wait a play out. Like Kapanen's coming from him and I forget the Penguins defender that was also closing in on him. Uh, I think it was. Was it Ruta? Uh, yeah. Uh, forty-four. Yeah, yeah. That's Ruta. Yeah, they kinda of both kind of close in, and they do the you got him, I'll mm-hmm. take it. No, you take it, and they both kind of back off. But Connor Garland just waits them out, and suddenly they back off, and he does that slap pass, yeah. gets it through Dumoulin somehow. Mm-hmm. But you know, didn't get phased by two guys coming at him and was just able to play that out and created more earlier before that goal gets created, but Connor Garland uh, similar to yesterday where he kind of makes that play in a phone booth, just very calm on the puck.
0: Yeah, I- I- I'm with you. He he played really well so it's, it's hard to kind of figure out who comes out. If you look at the ice time, uh, Dakota Joshua was a low man tonight playing 751 and I hate to see it, but Vasily Putkoza is playing 10 minutes. He played less than 10 minutes last game as well. So I don't get it. I don't get it either. I want Putkoza to play, and I still want to see Rathbone play if that was up to me. If I'm guessing, again, Breezeball on the back end to allow Hughes to come in, which is a no-brainer. Up front, my guess is we see um, – Probably Dakota Joshua and Vasily Wait, did Putkolzin. Dries play more than Hoaglander? Yeah. Dries played 12 minutes. A lot of that obviously was uh, at even play. strength. Uh, power play 144. Vasily yeah. Colson played 10 minutes at evens, and uh, Sheldon Dries played 1021. Now, with Bester coming back, that means one power play spot is going up. So Sheldon Dries becomes less. So I think Sheldon Dries comes out. If you want to put Stadnika in, it's probably Vasily Putkolzen or Dakota Joshua coming out. Stunner. We'll see you on Tuesday. I guess he'll have to earn his way in. Yeah, earn your way
2: back into the lineup. I, I just don't know what Vasily Put Colson has done. Yeah. I I, I mean like to no, no, to, no, to, to, to not to be getting the minutes. Not as well like, oh, no, he's anonymous. Okay, out there. you know what? Like he's
0: know. he's been Solid Bick, but I th- I think what the answer is is a pretty straightforward one if you if you ask the coach production is he scoring just not scoring I mean same thing with Niels Hoaglander, but, but Hoglander's been a bit i mean he's active so he's been playing a bit more, but he has one assist on now the he season did so have a,
2: Hoaglander played nine minutes and thirty seconds yeah. maybe he comes out Hoaglander had a couple of moments today uh in the offensive zone for checking that I thought were really encouraging and that's the sort of stuff you want to see um but it just it, it, i I understood like last year when Hoglander was kind of in the doghouse when it was like he's not producing and he's making mistakes defensively that's a problem but put is not making uh, unless I'm missing something it just doesn't look like he's making clearing mistakes no he's not I mean even even the mistake uh, maybe the game
0: the last game the, the one we talked about brisebois but Poto was also on the same side and then he was trying to recover he's a bit off on it maybe you want to throw that on it but I don't I don't But clearly, Vasily Putkosin hasn't earned the trust of the coaching staff so far this season. But also Niels Hoglander. So I think those are the obvious candidates. Uh, Somebody asking us, when is Dermot back? Uh, It's to be determined still, but he's back skating and stuff like that. So they're hopeful it won't be too long before he's out. Uh, Before we get to more of your text messages here, a lot of good thoughts coming into our text inbox, 650-650. Let's go to to some player audio postgame. A lot of praise coming in for the Canucks netminder tonight. Spencer Martin, tremendous for the Canucks, standing tall, only allowing one goal, and the Canucks' most complete performance. And here he is, post-game, talking about how good it felt getting that W.
5: Yeah, I think it probably feels good for everybody, yeah. but especially me, just uh, to get my season started off in a, in a good way. I was disappointed in the result in Columbus, so uh, this one feels pretty good.
2: What's the vibe in the room today compared to what it's been in the last little bit of the season? You guys pull off back-to-back wins, five-one, big one today. How's everyone
5: feeling? Uh Yeah, I mean, that definitely is a relief for us to get us going in the right direction. But uh, we have a pretty resilient group. So, um, you know, we've stayed positive, uh, although we're disappointed in the start. Um, we knew that we had to stay the course to uh, to get it turned around.
6: So you had to
1: know that they were going to push to start the third period, a few frantic shifts there. But you guys were able to get
3: through it.
5: Yeah, uh, honestly, I don't think they had much. Uh, we did a fantastic job, obviously. Uh, they have a lot of firepower there. Uh, they, they did a good job getting behind the net, I thought, uh, but we kept them to the perimeter, so it was uh, it was a good game.
3: Spencer, you're undefeated in regulation playing for the Canucks. What is it about um, your, your game here that's been...
5: <laughs> uh, I don't know. We're just uh, stringing some good games together, but uh, uh, happy we could uh, get the win. You know, I don't look at the overtime losses as positive as everybody seems to uh, enjoy that streak, but, uh, you know, I love that we won tonight.
3: Now, you, in the off-season, you train with the Penguins goalie coach.
1: What does it mean to, to get a performance like that in front of him?
5: Yeah, it's cool. Uh, between him and uh, and Ian Clark, obviously, uh, my two guys in the building. Um, it's a special uh, experience. What about for you in this role?
1: Like, last year you came up, you wanted to prove yourself, you are in the contract, you're now here as the backup. It's not enough just to give that your nights off. I think you understand sort of that you've got to be able to deliver results, too. So what does it mean to you to get a win against a, know, like a Pittsburgh team?
5: Yeah, I think uh, it's just a step in the right direction. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, he's an elite goalie, and my job is to come in and, and, and aid his uh, his game uh, by giving him nights off where the quality starts. So it uh, feels good to get one done, but we have a long way to go.
2: So what's your confidence I mean, everything you worked in the offseason? came here early on? I guess mean, it's pretty like back-to-back. Like, where are you at right now
5: with that confidence? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought I made like one important save to start the game, and then from there on we were playing pretty well. But uh, my confidence level is high. Uh, I feel like I'm getting better. Um, even though I'm an older guy starting in this league, I feel like I have uh, made some strides, and, and hopefully I'll keep making them.
0: That is Spencer Martin after an impressive performance for him, helping the Canucks win tonight on Home Ice over the Pittsburgh Penguins 5 1. And talked about the vibe in the building and good getting a victory. And yeah, does not have a regulation loss as a Vancouver Canuck
2: in a start. It's pretty handy. It's not bad. Pretty we've, good. We've been talking about uh, Thatcher Demko's workload. Get him in for 80 games and. Uh there you go. Facts only. <laughs> yeah. I i at least 80 points. I know people have been asking, and we kind of addressed it
0: a little bit. I'm not expecting him to start on Tuesday. Uh, and, and maybe he doesn't play until the back-to-backs anyways. But given how he played and given how the season has gone, it's not outside the realm of possibility that we see them, depending on how Demko plays on Tuesday, that, that we see him play next week whether that's on Thursday or coming up on Saturday. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he gets one start next week based on how he played tonight. That Not that he gets the one coming up on Tuesday, but one start coming up at some point this week, especially if Thatcher Demko isn't at his best yet when we see him play against the Devils.
2: Uh, so again, they got uh, a back-to-back Ottawa and Montreal. Uh, on the 8th and the 9th, and then they have a back-to-back Toronto and Boston, uh, the 12th and the 13th. Yeah. So do you, do you fit one more game in there against Anaheim?
0: Maybe. Uh, maybe the Anaheim game on Thursday or even – maybe cause may on – yeah, because I don't know about the one against the Predators. I don't think you want to throw them out there on that. On, you and know, plus a Saturday, a hockey night, home. If you want to throw them a game, it's probably that Ducks game. Mm-hmm. You know, Who, um, by the
2: way, have been uh, abysmal too. Yes, exactly. So, so I, think, I think they're 1-6-1 and now in the season?
0: Yeah, not great. And I think what it does too, Big too, is allows Demko to work a bit more with Ian Clark, get hone in on his game so he can have a couple hard practices this upcoming week and maybe don't give him both those starts. And Spencer Martin has played well enough for you to take advantage of it. I think when you have a goalie play as well as he has, don't usurp your guy, yeah. but maybe take advantage of it, especially now when Demko needs to kind of find his form again. Maybe having some extra time for him to practice and work with uh, Ian Clark can be a benefit. We're not now, a
2: heater, so yeah, I got that right. One six and one for Anaheim, eighteen percent points percentage, Ooh. and a minus twenty through eight games. Not good. It's not going well. And not not really
0: working out for those guys.
2: Not 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 really. Uh, six fifty six fifty uh, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Sabers Rob, I'm worried about Besser. Where does he fit in the lineup? So I imagine you would just. Uh, Go with, well, I guess you're not bringing up Miller, Garland, and Horvath. Well, I
0: think you're just moving Hoaglander out of um, the top nine, essentially. Because Pucolz has been playing on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Hoaglander's been getting a chance here and there playing in one of the top nine So roles. Nils
2: Oman and Brock Besser. I see it. All right.
0: I'm for it. Tanner Pearson, I think, hey, off to a, not a great start, but he's played well enough lately that I don't see the coach kind of taking him, him out.
2: The the, the Pearson thing is, like, he's been productive. Yeah. It's just that he's taken some penalties that have absolutely crushed you uh, that have led to some goals. But Tanner Pearson right now, five points in nine games. That's essentially a 48-point pace. Yeah. Maybe a bit more. Yeah. So,
0: all right. We'll we'll delve into that a bit more on the other side. We'll hear from Ian McIntyre, and we'll hear from Canucks captain Bo Horvat as the Canucks Central Post Game Show rolls on on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
2: Canucks Central post-game show. bringing you the most Canucks coverage in B.C. Only on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
5: I would have liked if we came out a little bit harder uh, than we did, but, I mean, at the same time, I think we we just didn't have any panic in our game. Um, Like we've had before, we didn't give out as many odd man rushes. You know, we kept things a a lot more simple, and it, it paid off for us.
0: That is Canucks Captain Bull Horvat after a victory 5-1 on home ice over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Two goals for Bull Horvat here tonight, as the Canucks find a way to win a game on back-to-back nights, this one in a very impressive fashion. Over the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is Satyar Shaw with Bic Nazar. Keep getting your thoughts into our text inbox, 650-650. Ian McIntyre is going to join us on the other side as well. Now, uh, the reaction on the text inbox has been a lot of fun and uh, a bit more uplifting, although we do have uh, quite a few of our listeners uh, and fans who are still very much aboard Team Tank and Rebuild and are promoting the fact the victory takes them one step farther away from perhaps having the best
2: odds it's of almost landing just Conor as Redard. ridiculous. To be focused on the playoffs and to be focused on the draft lottery. At I this know stage. you can't. I mean, you can't have both. Anyways, anyways. anyways Kai anyways. from Langley, not to be a buzzkill, it <laughs> we'll probably break some hearts. But Vegas has been killing it yeah. to be a wild card team. I can't see the Canucks outperforming L.A., Minnesota, St. Louis, or Nashville. That's Kai from Langley. Uh, again, we're we're all happy to. Uh, share both sides of the equation here and keep texting in. 650, 650. I do want to get to another text here. Ryan texted in because we were talking about JT Miller and him going to the wing and you know we kind of said, yeah, he's a better winger than he is a center, but he can play center, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of said, he's about a top 25 center and probably about a top 15-18 winger, and Ryan texted in, how do you guys feel about an 8 times 7 winger? Does that change your outlook on the contract versus being a 1C? So if you just like kind of look that out then, where does 8000000 dollars fit into as far as wingers go? As of this moment, by the way, other guys are going to sign the contract, maybe yeah. more than $8 million, and push guys down. But an $8 million winger would be about the 18th highest paid winger across the league. So he'd be getting right around that value, and that can still de-escalate as more people get their contract. It's a little bit more for the center. There's there's 39 guys I think that get 37 players that get eight or more million dollars as forwards. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of in that right range, and he's obviously gonna have to produce, especially in the early part of that contract. Jim Rutherford has talked about getting the value in the first half of that deal, so that fits in line for where he's getting
0: paid. What he's done justifies the contract. The player who he is justifies the contract, even if he's a winger. The question is, how many of your, of those years can he live up to that contract? And that's going to be the, term, the determining factor into whether that's a good deal or not. But that's kind of the reality of it, and I'm with you. Like, uh, I'd rather see JT uh, succeed as a center, because that means he's a more valuable player, and that's better for him. But ultimately, it might be to be a winger. Now, with how this team is constructed and built for now... It might still be a couple years before he really just becomes a strict winger, and that also plays a part into uh, this entire equation. Now, for those asking about the playoffs, and yes, the Canucks are technically two points behind. Uh, they are two points behind the Seattle Kraken for the second wild card spot. Um, yes. We learned this
2: lesson last year. Points, points,
0: pace, I know. points, hey, pace. I get it. I get no, it. No, I'm. I, I'm. I laying, I'm laying into it. I, I get it. I get it. The, the Minnesota Wild, who have played two fewer games, has seven points. So maybe. I mean, but hey, the point being, at worst, right now the Canucks are what four points out of a playoff. Spot. I like people. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm just like, people are asking. I'm I know. saying. I'm That's just it. saying. That's I like it.
2: that people are focused on the playoffs now, taking the beginning of the season <laughs> strongly, having some urgency. But we learned this lesson. Look at points pace. Points percentage. It's on there. Click the tab. I on, get it. If you're on angel.com, oh, you can sure. click. I'm telling I'm telling the people right now, Sad. Okay. I'm Don't sorry. get in my way. I'm sorry. You can click points percentage and it'll reorganize everything for you. And you can say, Wow, they're actually not just two points out. They're actually in fourteenth in the Western Conference. Totally. The one thing I will say though, it's so early in the season it's so early in no, the I season know, but if it's if, still four points if people are yeah. going to nhl.com yes. looking at the standings i i implore you it's it's so simple we all know how to use the internet now yeah. just so, just click the points percentage button it's right next to the points one you can't miss it true
0: and that's why even though the Canucks are two points out at worst they're five points out so that's kind of the reality of uh the the points but that's that's it people were asking about the standings the tab button is your friend. See, Bick went from uh, Bic went from uh, checking the draft lottery odds the other night to uh, checking the point percentage. I just wanted the, the correct information, okay? <laughs> That's all I wanted.
2: All. You and I got in a fight over that. Yeah, yelling at you guys! <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring it up! Yeah. I was like, I just wanted to make sure I got the odds right. <laughs> I didn't even hit the, the the simulate button. Oh man, I was mad. Uh, Trevor from Winnipeg. I love JT.
0: He's my spirit animal. The NHL needs more Millers. He is good for the game, Mister Bad Attitude. But he backs it up. Trevor from Winnipeg. Uh, apparently, he was chirping the media tonight post game a little bit. I, w- I wasn't there, mm-hmm. I, and I don't think it was anything bad, but I think... You know, I think, think it was more in jest. I think it was in jest. Ooh, I, I just simmed th- the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you such
2: a simp. Anyways. <laughs> I, w- I won't share the results.
3: <laughs> no, I, was just, I, I was just joking. I all, was
2: right, like, yeah. all right, never mind. But yeah. This one texts in. Who the heck uses NHL dot com? Whatever site you use. I don't care. Hockey <laughs> reference, whatever it is. But NHL.com dot com does have
0: point percentage. Yeah. So that that's what makes it easy. I will say the NHL dot com page has improved. Compared to what you. Oh, the be. stats page is this phenomenal. It's really good. Yeah. Hockey reference, sportsnet.ca, wherever you go. Yeah. Uh this one, uh, can we give Shen some love for leading the league in hits, Michael delzato crying in his DJ gear right now? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have no idea. I just had to read it. <laughs> what is DJ gear, by the way? Headphones and a leather jacket—is that? Oh well, yeah, pretty much. No, not even leather. Like a tracksuit. Oh, tracksuit. Yeah, that's track what suit. I show him with. Probably what it is. I right? didn't say tracksuit because I have some tracksuits and I don't want to be known. I I don't own a leather jacket, so it's. Big awesome. has a tracksuit and he has a
0: kappa hat, and a kangol hat. I mean,
2: no, I lost the kangol you lost hat. The I don't hat. know where it uh. went.
0: Yeah, too bad. I, I'm so sad. Yeah, beef stroganoff. Uh, hey, Bick. Past success is no indication of future success. What's that in reference to? I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. Steve Shogunov, please text back in. <laughs> uh, I'm all in for the Canucks in the playoffs, but I want to see them playing 600 hockey first. Otherwise, they will be massacred in the playoffs. That's one text, 650-650. This one, oh, oh my God, can we just celebrate the moment?
2: We are! We are we, we we're we're, 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 we're giving credence to the text that, we're, we're, that we've gotten. We're in. reacting, that's all. Uh, but yes, can uh, we play 600 hockey first? That is fair. But yeah. look, they got a chance here. to uh, they, they play Jersey, who uh, is playing actually pretty good hockey right now. Jersey is
0: good. Yeah. I mean, they're fast. They, they they pressure a lot too, and they can score. They're not an easy team to to play against. Now, uh, some of the th- we have a lot of questions on Twitter as well. Uh, Phil, part Phil, uh, talks about how Mikheyev pressuring and PD pouncing has some mega turnover potential, and how well those guys can play. And Steve Body uh, is asking. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Kuz-Mikheyev line? These last two games, the results are obvious, but I feel they're converting on an absurd number of chances versus how much they are actually generating. Uh, not looking at stats, but w- what I see when I'm watching. They are not converting on the, the number of chances quite yet. There is more there, and I think that's why for Elias Petterson especially, he has nine points in nine games. The incredible part is he probably should have more points. Mm-hmm. He's been unlucky to not have more points. So to to Steve's point, if that line can start finishing more of those opportunities, and Mikheyev's doing more of that, albeit on the second unit power play, which is not linked to Pedersen, but if, if those guys can finish more, that can be a really productive, scary line. But it does come down to those guys just finishing more opportunities, namely Kuzmenko, who you talked about before. He has three goals on the season and everything, but we haven't seen him unleash that shot quite yet.
2: I would say there's a lot of meat on the bone for yeah. Elias Pedersen production. And Micaiah early on would have some moments where he's trying to cut to the middle of the ice, and it's like the hands don't match up with the feet, and so he would get off a softer shot or skate himself into trouble because he's still trying to repossess the puck. And now we're starting to see a bit more fluidity to his game, a bit more Decisiveness. Yeah, you saw that pass he made on the power play to get the the goal. Uh, he's been an exciting player. Uh, Kuzmenko, I just want to see him bury a shot that isn't center mass of the goalie. Uh, once we start seeing that, like that line can really connect. I, I've just I've wanted to see Pedersen and Kuz- and uh, Mikheyev together. I don't even care who the third person is at that stage. That that should be a very productive line if you put those two together. Uh, to the to Phil's point of they're going to be a turnover machine. Yeah, and create transition chances. That's where the NHL is going. Can you create transition off-the-rush chances? It's so difficult doing that half-court offense, five-on-five, to generate quality chances. Everyone's trying to protect the middle of the ice and create pressure. If you can start scoring on the rush, A, it's just nice to score goals off the rush, but B, what does that force the team to do. Always be aware For sure. that, hey, we, we have to be safer with the puck. So if you're safer with the puck, are you trying to create better chances?
0: Well, and, you know, tonight, it wasn't like the Canucks were, were amazing in transition. They were better. They transitioned the puck better. They didn't have Quinn Hughes in the line. Mm-hmm. You think that him coming in is going to help out. One of the things that um, Tyler Myers was talking about, and I know uh, Dan was talking to him in the locker room a couple games ago and stuff like that, and, and this was after... Riccio? Riccio. We, we down, talking we, to Tyler Myers? <laughs> could you imagine? It's quite the reach, yeah. man. Good for reach. He had the long mic with him. Yeah. He had the stick, hockey stick with him. So <laughs> but he, one of the things Myers said was he, he was adamant that they feel like how they're trying to play in their systems. It's going to pay off with some time. That that is not quite there yet, but they're close and once they figure it out and once they come together, it's going to pay off. Tonight's one game. If that's what they're talking about, I think the, this is the type of game they point to and say, "Hey, this is what we got to do. Mm-hmm. We do this, this is how we're going to have success." You add Quinn Hughes to that. That's how you can start maybe getting that process going and getting more positive here. The question does come down to a guy like Ethan Bear, who they acquired. How does he fit into the lineup in the short term? As time goes on, though, you can see how a guy like him, if he is what the Canucks are hoping that he is, with how he transitions, with how he's able to jump into the play and move the puck and all that—that's his game. That's, and, and I think that's exactly what Vancouver misses when they don't have Quinn Hughes, and when they have him, they, they don't have enough of it next to him. And alternatively, on the other side of the ice, exactly. So I think now you're trying to see, you know, if they can play the style, get Hughes in and get Ethan Bear in. Then it gets interesting about how you're playing as a team, and if you can sustain that, now
2: you get people's people people's interest peaked. There's so many times, uh, not so much tonight, but other games I've noticed, where there's a simple, just a reverse to make. Just get it back to the other guy. But too often it's to the right-handed defenseman. And you look, like all the puck movers are on the left side, and – you know we 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 talk about Jack Rathbone like sliding the puck up the boards, and there's almost a forcing of the puck away from the right handed d men and four check's key on that you you just need more diversity as far as your options of where the puck is getting progressed out of the zone from. Uh, Luke Shannon, again, these past couple of games, has done an admirable job of doing that and even getting involved in the rush, obviously, the opportunities yesterday in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just need more skill on that right side. And Ethan Bear will provide something, even at a depth level, just to uh, help move the puck along. Because yeah. they need more bodies. And, and that's where that competition comes in. Uh, again, Kyle Burroughs has been really impressive so far this season. Yes. I didn't agree with him coming out of the lineup that time, uh, but like he, he's he's featured and been mobile enough. I mean, it's
0: funny how, how quickly the conversation changes after an impressive win because uh, it was wait where does Ethan Beer fit in? Now the question is, does he even get into the lineup on Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils? Trade him back! And that's, <laughs> that's how quickly the discussion changes after a big win. Now, a lot of reaction coming in on the text inbox. Uh, I wanted to read this one before we welcome in uh, Ian McIntyre into the discussion. Trevor from Tri-Cities. And he was at the game last night and tonight in Vancouver and says it's tempting to continue going to every Canuck game until they lose. Go Canucks go. Trevor from Tri Cities and you know, maybe Ian McIntyre was also the good luck charm. Was he was, at he both was games? in Seattle, yeah. in Vancouver, drove back from Seattle this morning and still made it and he is here on the post game show. The man does it all. T V, radio, digital, and he brings victories. He's Ian McIntyre.
6: I've brought a lot of losses over the years <laughs> as well.
0: Just go with the wins for now. But, you know,
6: I'm not the only person to see both these wins in person. No. Because there were a lot of Canuck fans in Seattle mm-hmm. last night. Uh, it's a fabulous arena. I'd highly recommend it. Tickets are expensive, I understand, because it's a, it's a hot ticket. But if people have a chance to go, it it's uh, a great place to see a game. And you enter climate pledge arena at street level and everything is dug the almost the entire arena is subterranean mm-hmm. and this was because the they had to protect the roof it was a national it had a historic designation but because of that when you're on the walkway behind the press box you're at eye level with fans in at, in the cheapest seats mm-hmm. when they're still not cheap but the highest right. like right below the roof and there were a lot of Canuck fans, and I was identified, and I was yelled at in a good way.
4: <laughs> Whenever
6: I came out to the candy stand on the gangway, which I do probably too often during a game, and at one point I was asked to throw Skittles to the crowd. And I actually had... Did you had, almost did? Did you almost uh, I Skittles? had the... Well, the crowd... The Canuck fans thought they were Skittles. They were... They were Actually wrapped candy, <laughs> so it would have been okay. But I thought, no, this probably isn't a good idea, because uh, I thought I might injure someone. I don't know how I got off on a tangent. It's been a busy 27 hours, but. Uh, it's been a yeah. pl- Did
2: They call pl- you the uh, triple threat, or was it just you?
6: Uh, they called me IMAC. I think. Oh, that okay. I- okay. yeah.
2: There
6: we go. Yeah, but they were very supportive.
2: That's
0: good. Usually people are when they meet you in person. It's not like it is on social media. The vibes <laughs> are good right <laughs> now. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, not like noth-
6: Nothing's like it is on social media. <laughs> no. Other it's than funny. U.S. politics, near yeah. as I can gather, that's like social media. That's
0: pretty much what it is, but it's funny. Let's get into yeah. that topic. Yeah. <laughs> How about we don't? <laughs>
6: can you believe somebody broke into Nancy Pelosi's oh, house yeah. <laughs> to try to attack? Like, no, seriously, like, this is what it's come to.
0: Godspeed it, to that oh. country. Yeah. It's it's rough, man. It's rough. It's rough times. I, I No one's ever broken
6: into my house to try thankfully. to attack me. Thank of course, you, there's Pelosi. nothing worth stealing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not going.
6: Boxes awful. of old newspapers, just
2: volumes of encyclopedias. Yeah. Is what I imagine. A lot of Canucks
0: losses that you've chronicled over the years that people can <laughs> yes. <come laughs> steal. Yes, <come laughs> steal the L's. Uh, A
6: couple he, of Stanley Cup finals too. To yeah. be fair, so <laughs> yeah, for the record, for
0: the which is yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, but. You know, we were just kind of talking before you joined in, and it was so. You know, the Ethan Bear trade. We talked about it, and you know, you know. Yeah, he's going to play. You think he'll play on? Uh, who, so who comes out? Well,
6: he's going to play as long as he's fit to play, for sure. You know, which remains to be seen.
0: So I think Hughes is going to come back on Tuesday. It seems like so. Hughes comes back. Breezeball is the one that comes out. So, f- so who comes out for Ethan Bear? I'm afraid can't be Shen can't be Myers. Is it? I'm is afraid, it poor Burroughs? I'm
6: afraid if Hughes is ready to go, I'm afraid it would probably be Burrows. Yeah. Yeah, But, you know, he is such a resilient, plucky guy. That's not a word that gets used much anymore, is Resil- it? Plucky. plucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plucky. plucky. I like well, what else means that? Uh, resolve. Resolve. It, fortitude. Resolute. Right. Oh, yeah. that's very. You could be a writer, <laughs> Sat. You could be a double threat. <laughs> double threat, yeah. but Wait, what? No, he already on TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I was like, that. Wait, wait, wait. Which one is See, I not... never see him on TV. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, I'm yeah, always sitting right. there yeah, beside yeah. him. <laughs> you're on TV? Yeah, what? What? Wait a minute. You mean I'm on TV? <laughs> I'm on TV. Uh, I thought you would rate me yeah, in one Ka- of them. You yeah. know what? Kyle Burroughs is, and he's played great, and... and has really elevated among other guys. And, and Brisebois, we haven't, we've hardly talked about him. Yeah. Like the amount that he's playing and how, how fast he looks on his skates now compared to when we last saw him, mm-hmm. uh, is, is pretty impressive. But, you know, Breeze Brise-Bois, Brisebois will go back to the HL Burroughs will stay as an extra, and he has a, a fantastic disposition, mm-hmm. plucky fellow that he is. Yes, <laughs> that he can he can handle this. Like he'll he'll be fine. He'll have another opportunity, and maybe it won't be him. Mm-hmm. And maybe you know maybe Bear doesn't play, maybe Hughes isn't ready. But uh, I think Kyle Burroughs is going to be just fine. You know he has learned a lot about himself and being in. An, what it takes to play in the NHL, but finally breaking through last season after all mm. those years scuffling as an NHL regular, he's not
2: leaving. He's not leaving this this league, but he may leave the lineup.
3: Mm.
2: But that's like really exciting to have these types of questions. It isn't Oscar Fantenberg and be like, "Oh, this is the extra guy." Like Kyle Burrows deserves to be in the lineup.
6: Oscar Fantenberg, no, I, you, I pulled that you, one. Yeah. Y- y- that didn't come out of thin air. You went back and looked at obscure defenseman that who no, had a chance No I almost said you Oliver. Just, you just remember and I just remember uh, Oscar Fandenberg. Fandenberg. But Oliver like Fandenberg.
2: That was the extra demon at one point here. Yeah. And this is the thing it's like you bring in a body like Ethan Bear and now you got to compete to get in the lineup right now. It it's, it's incremental raising the bar but like that's how you raise the floor and you just going back to what were said earlier this week the top players got to be the top players that's how you move the ceiling too.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. I it would be it w- it would be nice if that bar was at the top of the defense, sure, of course, and, and not just uh, at the bottom. Yeah. But I think they are, they should be better uh, for that trade, and I think honestly they should be better for the Studnika trade as well, because you know he's he's a depth guy, but he's got some pedigree, and he should push the other depth guys. And I thought. I thought there was an urgency to to Sheldon Drys' game Mm -hmm. tonight, and that's probably why, because he sees that somebody's coming. So, you know, this competition is good, but it's all, you know, it's all decoration to what's happened with their top players in the core, and that's the biggest difference from a few days ago is now – Well, Quinn Hughes had been kind of hit and miss. He'd had a couple of really good games, a couple of games I thought he struggled. But, you know, as as Sat and I said, apparently on television. Apparently. That Pedersen's been, you know, the, the best guy start to finish, but he's been really the only guy who's been good start to finish. But now we've seen that Horvat, after a couple of fairly quiet games, has been pretty good for a bit now. We see that Miller, since the change to wing, has been much more engaged and a better player and then you get this next tier where where Mikhaev suddenly looks comfortable and starting to produce offense because Menko looks like maybe he's figuring out enough of the other game uh, the the other part of the game other than scoring that he'll get more opportunities now to score Mm -hmm. and we know you know what incredible hands he has and you know there's positive things happening now it's only two games. We had a lot of negative things for seven games, so the positivity has to extend a while. But it's amazing how quickly things seem to have turned here. Really, over twenty-seven hours. Well, I mean, seven games, games is no
2: sample size. You're like, oh my god, the sky is falling. And no, two games is no sample size.
6: But yeah, it, but it's seven is seven is enough to be concerned because mm-hmm. you only play eighty-two, mm-hmm, so right. it's almost ten percent.
0: Yeah, you already exactly. I mean, eight games is is essentially ten percent of the seasons. So then the Canucks were essentially there. I believe
6: that would be eight point two games. Eight point two games. Yes.
0: Sorry. So two periods into uh, the other game tonight. Uh, I was. I thought you right. were good at math. Not that great. Oh, okay. I'm not good with details. I'm good All with right. just in general kind of throwing numbers out. Uh, wh- you know, I was really good at
6: arithmetic as a kid. Were you? Because <laughs> it was fifteen <laughs> times nine. <laughs> uh, fifteen with one thirty-five. Oh, okay. Right. H- hit me again. One Sorry. more. Well,
2: I mean, I already got served up I don't want to <laughs> okay. get served up twice <laughs> <here>. <laughs> uh.
6: <laughs>
2: yeah, uh,
0: anyways, uh,
6: I, I have
2: a story about that, but let's save
6: that. Let's talk some hockey.
0: Uh, uh, one point, one of our listeners, Airdrie makes up Airdrie in Alberta, says is that Burroughs can play the left side too, but they need Airdrie
6: from Airdrie, Alberta. Yeah, Airdrie. That's, from in that's, that's pretty incredible. Cool. incredible. Yeah, it's
0: in, pretty incredible. Incredible. <laughs> incredible. Uh, that's I why he's good at, at arithmetic. I, yes I told you. What, yeah.
6: Yeah. English not so good. Yeah, but I don't know what I'll do for a living. But
0: uh, but I think after tonight's game, it's interesting because it's a winning lineup, and as many as three guys could come out. Two on the back end. Breeze Block is one that probably comes out now. Whether it's Burrows or Rathbone, you have your choice. But I thought Rathbone's played well enough and shown enough and has enough promise that I want to keep him in the lineup. And up front, I mean, Sheldon Dry's doing a good job on the power play. Played 12 minutes tonight. Niels Hoglander under 10. Put Coles in 10. Up front, again, usually you don't change a winning lineup, especially when that's one two games in a row. But you know, who does end up coming out on Tuesday to make room for Studnika? Or do they just keep him out for now?
6: I think the that's an easier one. You just take Dries out and you put Studnick in, mm. and Besser if he comes in. Uh, then it gets a little more complicated. I and mean, you prob- probably take Joshua out. Yeah, but or or you leave Studnick out another yeah. game and let him and let him practice. By the way, we all love Jack Rathbone. Every everybody loves the the new talented yeah. guy until he screws up enough that then everybody yes. hates him. It always changes, but. You know, and and he has looked good, but there's a very real possibility that he's the guy who comes out too.
2: Yeah. Like, if th- I'm not mistaken, he was the low man on the minutes. Yeah. For and
6: men. and Burrows, as we've seen, mm-hmm. uh, again part of his trade craft now, what he's learned is to be versatile, yeah. and so he can play either side. So I'm yeah. going to change my vote right now, my prediction. Rath- Jack Rathbone. Yeah. No one was listening 10 minutes ago, anyway. So except for an air Airdrie <laughs> from Airdrie, yeah, incredible, incredible.
0: <laughs> uh, and Romeo asks the final one before we let you go. Do the have wait a, a minute? W- we're asking him to the text them. Did you right? say Ro- Romeo? I'm ta- I'm not lying. Romeo. Romeo, that's a cool. Where, name, art they <laughs> Where
6: are they from? Where art thou?
0: Where art thou from? Uh, do we What have did f- you say,
6: Vic?
2: I don't know. Where art they from? They I are don't know. Close enough. No,
6: like we're just a little. Not, <laughs> that was not close
0: enough. they,
2: to they, thou to Shakespeare. Yeah, that's not
0: not close enough. Although he had a great line earlier today, he said. Uh, Did it involve Oscar Fantenberg? You say it. I don't want to butcher it like last okay. time. Okay. Do you forget line? about it? They were connected <laughs> in spirit. L- ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh I, he, I already he, forget he, it. He said like he Nizarin. had a good. Oh, line.
2: Oh, I said yesterday they were. It was a game where they were connected in spirit because they rallied for each other, and today it it, it felt like more. Functional connected play.
0: No, they were connected. No, you, know, you ruined your they own They were connected in performance. He said they were connected in spirit yesterday. They were connected in play today. And I thought you that guys was are wasting one. air time right
6: yeah, now. Yeah, we are. Uh, final I one. I could be talking <laughs> about my arithmetic.
2: <laughs> uh, ask
6: bro- me
1: another, Vic. 24
2: <laughs> times 17.
6: Well, that's a little uh, oh trickier. That's okay. So <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: <Well, laughs> that one would one. be
6: 340 oh. and 68. So wow. 408. Jeez. I don't know if that's even correct. Yeah, I, I was a know. little flustered. <laughs> I wasn't expecting double well, digits. What's what's a, they call the number that's indivisible? Indivisible. Seventeen is that? I wasn't expecting. Hey, you 17. got it right. Did I?
0: Yeah, four eight. All right. Yeah, not quite. Sh- you know what? Uh, poor Romeo, leaving <laughs> He's Romeo just hanging. Ha-
6: we're leaving Romeo oh, hanging. Sorry. What did Romeo have to uh, say? Was it about Juliet?
0: <laughs> it was not. Uh, but do the Canucks have a goalie controversy?
6: Only if I get to write about it in Sportsnet. <laughs> no, no, they don't have a controversy because uh, everybody knows that yeah. Thatcher Demko is the franchise goalie. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong, and I asked Bruce the question after the game. There's nothing wrong when your backup's playing really well and the starter is is struggling. I think that's fair to say about Thatcher. Although he he made some really big yeah. saves in the third period in Seattle. <clears throat> Didn't look so good in the first period was uh, terrific the game before against Carolina, and that was his best game uh, of the season against Carolina. There's nothing wrong when he's still trying to find his game Mm -hmm. that you give the backup more than every fourth or fifth game. Yeah, But if Spencer Martin plays the next five, then, okay, we have a bit of a goaltending controversy. But if he plays on Tuesday and – Thatcher plays the next game, or or vice versa. There's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing controversial about that. It just makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think it does. I think we'll see Thatcher on Tuesday, but Thursday against Anaheim, probably a good spot to throw Spencer Martin another start. Start with how he's played. Ian, always fantastic having you on the post game show. The star of the show, post game. Make sure to read his latest, which is always fantastic on Sportsnet.ca. Bick Nazar co-host here on the Canucks Center Post Game Show. Special thanks to Lena and Josh back at the radio station, to everybody listening here on the home of your Canucks Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
3: you such a simp. Anyways. I like people. That's it.
1: That's it.